Can I go back to Petra's um, question about the underwater keep? We did something a while ago that took for absolutely forever, and I wouldn't really recommend it that much. Um, but we did actually set up on the underwater camera, like a distance marker at 2.5, 5 meters, 7.5, 10 meters kind of thing. And then we measured, like, we had the kids on tempo trainers and looked at, like, their cadence, their kick, and what we actually did with that and, like, changed the cadence of the kick. And I was quite interested in some of the kids that were, like, intuitively right on their what, what their best time was. And like we measured it and then put all the data in and it did take forever. But I was really quite surprised how many kids were like right off in their cadence and changing that actually led to like quite a good increase in their time in the underwater work, either slowing it down or speeding it up. Thanks a lot, Helen. I think, I think, I think using the tempo trainer is a great tool for teaching them how to understand the cadence of the kick, you know, and, and finding out. Um, I think, I believe I gave it to Gary Tang at the NTC, but the guy who developed the, the foil kicking, uh, his name is, uh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank, but um, he's the master mind, you know, uh, behind that. And he talked about how the, the, the fast, the, the best kicking will be at a 0 0.45 per kick of a second. And, you know, so, so the way we try to teach the kids is because, you know, if you, talk, if you think about a butterfly stroke, a lot of the, the cycle goes, most of the good super class athletes, their cycle is 1.1 per sec, second per stroke. So if you're capable of substituting underwater two kicks for one stroke above the water, and the two kicks are at 0 0.45, that means that you're going two kicks, 0 0.45, that's 0 0.9 of a second. You're gaining, you know, you save, you sh you're shaving two tenths of a second per, per stroke that you save. I don't know if I make sense. Yeah, but you can talk to Gary Tang that he has all the all that information and he can I think I gave it to him when I was hey, so hey, are you sleeping? No, I just came out of a meeting, uh so I'm I'm kind of like on uh, another I was on another call. Uh yeah, I mean uh I, I still have that information and um uh, you know it's actually Bob Gillett. Gillette, Gillette yeah, Gillette or, yeah, so I mean he coached he coached uh what, Misty Hyman? Yeah. Is that right? Or yeah, Misty Hyman. Yeah. So I mean if there's anything I, I I mean, it's it's quite a fair bit of information just talking about uh, underwater kicks and the way the, the flow of underwater is done. So it's something that uh, I think um, it takes a bit of uh, reading as well. So, but happy to share if anyone needs it. And I, I still have it in, in in my computer. I think. Yeah, I did watch that talk, but I was actually quite surprised with the number of kids that were either maybe down at 0.35 and were fastest or kids that were like 0.68 and were fastest. And maybe that's flexibility and age group swimmers and, you know, growth and all that kind of thing that's going to affect it. But I was actually really surprised at some of the data that came out of that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is just my, my humble opinion. I think just keep, keep things very simple. I mean, if you think about it from a 0.3%, I mean, search talks about the time frame that it takes to work on the kick. I think frequency and, and also amplitude are, are actually very key. Working the difference between some people are good with bigger bigger kicks, some people are good with smaller kicks. So it really depends on individual, and you've got to really go down to each individual to really like just dissect it with them. Uh, that's all I can say. I mean, from that perspective. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Helen. Uh, anybody has anything else? Uh, don't look at me. Uh, you know, guys, it's almost midnight for me, so I'm, I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm trying to look for Alex 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 Mardvinsev want to say something, I think. What? Alex Mardvinsev want to say something, I think. Go ahead. I, I, I look. There's a couple of things. My computer somehow is a lot slower than my brain today, so it's not really working very well. <coughs> Your brain is working very fast, Sergio. I'm trying to find. Go ahead, Alex. I maybe a few things to say, but I mean, like Sergio, you've been coached by uh, Hungarian coaches before, right? Yeah. So, so. It's quite similar. I mean, like you were talking about stroke count, underwater kicks, uh, holding the same number of strokes, and uh, at the same time also not dropping that time. It's 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 very very similar back home when I was swimming and uh, and doing the stroke count constantly, like focusing on technique and uh, a good good stroke, and obviously not losing the speed was always crucial. Like when I was when I was training when I was swimming, we used to do it. Like I used to swim 400 IM, and uh, one of our really hard test sets was five 400s, and uh, we did it for three weeks. First week, let's see, was off seven minutes, off eight minutes depends, and then it was let's see PB plus 12, and you had to try and hold those times like for five, four hundreds. And then next week, it was off nine minutes, so a little bit longer rest, but it was PB plus 10. And on the third week, which is always, it always used to be on Saturday. So Saturday was our like test set day. And uh, that time when you were doing the last five, four hundreds, which is the third week, it should be the fastest. You get a little bit more rest as well. So you could be even off nine ten minutes depends how fast you started on the first week and uh, you try and hit like pb plus eight even sometimes pb plus six which is which is really tough and uh, not always is possible but holding those number of strokes holding the, the the good good technique was always crucial so i totally agree with the fact that you were saying that uh doing differences like it doesn't have to be 400 it can be 50 100 200 broken sets um as long as you are constantly aware of your strokes number of strokes it's probably one of the most important parts to be successful or to improve your speed and stroke and ability to get like to a different level thanks alex i think i don't know if you did this before when you were a swimmer or you do it but i use a stroke count a stroke count minus one in some sets but we also do a stroke count plus two a stroke count plus three yep so we try to change to try to i did i, I did a lot of stroke counts and uh, that's why I, i'm actually quite aware of the number of strokes even now when i get into the pool i still can can do that or at least obviously not not as well but um i'm always always even at low speed, I still try to count my strokes and try to hold the same kind of number of strokes. So my distance per stroke is not not dropping, and I am able to to swim with the same kind of speed. Obviously, I'm not as fit anymore, but it's always it's always in my head, and it's constantly like a reminder for me that that's how you are able to just maintain a certain speed. Awesome. Hey, Sergio. Yes. Qu quick question. You know, you we I, I realized that um, 
stroke counts and um, mostly for you are butterflies and breaststroke. You know, then when we talk about freestyle as well, um, we don't tend to use stroke counts that, that often, especially at the speeds that we swim at as well. So is there a certain type of preference that you look at? Do you still work on stroke count with the free and back guys? Like, like for example, we don't do a stroke count for everything. You know, there's yeah. certain specific sets that we do stroke count. And we, we do stroke count with the freestylers and backstrokers. So like, for example, if I watch a video and a kid is swimming the, the 200 freestyle in short course yards, and he's going from the dive, maybe uh, nine strokes and then 12, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15, we have a problem. So right there, we know that the 12 might be the right number. So, because it's the most efficient. So, so we take that 12 as a reference. So it's 12 strokes or six cycles. So that would be the, his base or her base. And from there, when we do some test sets with the stroke count, we'll go, okay, you, you're gonna do, I'll give you an example. Not that I do this set, eh? Let's go six two hundreds on three minutes, hold one sixty heart rate, or do ten seconds, of, uh, twenty seconds of your best time, or whatever it is, but twelve strokes of each one. Or sometimes we'll go, make sure that you go ten strokes the first twenty-five, eleven strokes the second twenty-five, twelve strokes the third twenty-five, go back to ten, eleven, twelve, and you know the last two go to thirteen. You know, so you try to play to try to teach them. How to understand that sometimes they can gain they can cut one stroke because they streamline better you know so when they streamline you know we, we make sure that we pay attention to their lats and if they're getting their lats out or not their scaps so if, if, you know if they get their scaps out a little bit better now maybe they, they can save one stroke so you have to pay attention to that so i've been doing that a lot more with the college team we didn't do that when i was in singapore but i did that Sometimes with the, when I was at Bulls, but now in the last few years, when I came back to college, I, I, I start doing it more with freestylers and, and backstroppers. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah. And anybody, come on, help me out here. I don't have anything else to, to tell you today, so. Come on, okay. I, I can't be your moderator. I can just pick random names from the list and just make them to talk. I'll do like that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, um, come on. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say what's favorite set, see? Uh, it's, in, in my, it's my experience. It's my favorite set, sets become not favorite. Uh, you know, sometimes I have to change them, modify them, and, uh, you know, maybe steal them from somebody else. And, uh, uh, can you hear me? I have a noise here outside, sorry. No, uh, uh, I don't yeah. know other people, but I'm having problems with my computer. It's acting up today, so I'm yeah, so, to get closer to the computer so I can hear you. Yeah, so just, um, just something came in the mind, say, uh, say two years ago, a simple set, lactate set or whatever, you know, on 650s on three minutes all out of the block. And I would say, uh, I would trick children, oh, just 150 with the block as fast as you can. So they go like, you know, crazy times, almost PBs or near PBs. And then I say, okay, now, you know, if you swim uh, next three around the same time, uh, you're out of here. So you don't have to finish whole set. 
So obviously this game uh, expired over a few years, so they start reading me, you know, very easily. Uh, so what I did recently, and last maybe year or last last couple of cycles, um, to go like, all right, one fifty of the block. They're like, oh, okay, bastard. Now we know what you're going to do. So they stream like PB plus. 0.8, 0 0.9, maybe 0 0.6, maybe 0 0.5 even. And then I pair up them. So I go, for example, you and you swim together, calculate your best times. For example, it was a flyer swimming with this freestyler or breast stroker with backstroke or whatever, it doesn't matter. So they, uh, on the whiteboard, they write their names, they write their times. So they sum up the times. And uh, because it's a relay over exchange, uh, it's all they all also saving time a little bit, so I say uh, minus zero point five of your time, so they get total time together. And so the task is this: uh, you will be asked to go through the whole set if you all this off and on all this like not consistent. And uh, if you're consistent, you still swim six. So you done six, you go home. Like cool down for hundred. It's like our last set. Off you go. So this kind of formula, I'm talking about children, right? I'm talking about 15, 16, 13, 14 years old kids. So I think very important uh, uh, to, to play your own game with them. Because if you're not gonna, if you're gonna keep repeating sets and expectations are gonna be the same to be fast or 0.3% zero, uh, 0 to your time or, or whatever, 1%, whatever, uh, PB plus one, PB plus two. Uh, unfortunately, uh, these kids, uh, uh, they will stop doing it. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's mine, it's my children. I don't know, maybe just me. Uh, they will stop doing it. Uh, and then everything gets frustrated. If, uh, you know, I get frustrated, they get frustrated. Their times are getting off, getting off. Uh, they're getting slower uh, than, for example, a previous cycle. And so I think I found you have to trick them all the time. You have to always make sure they don't read you. What do you want from them? So in this approach, you get them always uh, perform at their breast, which is what, what we always want, right? Especially at training, right? On a on day to day basis. So, this is the, one of the examples where, uh, you know, I moved from uh, giving them discounts, so minus one, or say eight by 50 on three, minus, minus two if you, if you keep such, such speed. Uh, I moved uh, to pair them up and get them to swim a total time together. So, making sure the time, the, the time is st stay consistent uh, for both of them. I mean, so for the total sort of relay time. Uh, so kind of this kind of stuff. Um, it's a bit easier when you work one-to-one, -one, I think, uh, especially with a high-profile athlete where you really know where you're going, what you want to achieve, and et cetera. And uh, if you want to hit certain time, uh, I mean, it's, it's almost it's almost cooperation. So, okay, you want to be there, we need to do this. So, and you try, and, and it's easier. But when it's, a, when it's the group of children of different abilities and ages, you have to find that uh, kind of game. Always have to create your own game with them. So, you know, you're expecting to swim them 0 0.5 to PB, they go like two seconds plus. What is this, you know? So it's like, it's nonsense. So it's, that, that's, that's my side. Six by 50, different games. <laughs> Everything is about getting the kids engaged. The kids are engaged and they're excited about what they're doing. They're going to they're gonna swim fast, you know? And if it works for you, that's awesome. You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, we talked about taper last week or two weeks ago. 
Did we? With you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Did I tell you one of the sets that I like to do 10 days before the big competition? Did I share with you any sets? I can't remember. Well, I'll share it again in case. Like 10 days before the race, and this, we're talking about older guys, eh? We're not talking, but I like to do three 100s from the blocks with a, uh, with a suit, you know? And normally three 100s from the blocks, we take between 12 to 15 minutes rest within each 100. The first one, it's around five seconds of your best time. Right? The second one is around four seconds of your best time. And the third one is around no more than two seconds of your best time. So uh, that, uh, to me, that's a very good indicator of where they are. Like sometimes I have somebody like Kevin Cordes, for example, he does the first one. He doesn't understand what he's doing, but the first one, he goes double or three in low course in breaststroke. And you're like, oh, what the heck? So right there, you stop him. And I was like, hey, you're going too fast. Great job. Go home. You know, but the other guys, for example, you have somebody like Kwa, Chen Wen, the, he, the first one, he would be 56 or 57. Uh, the second one, he would be uh, 55. And the third one, he would be 52 something, 53 flat in the flight, you know, and that gives them, I think that progression with 15 minutes apart, it gives them a very good indicator of where they are. Yeah. So that's one set that I do, that I do very often. So, think, and they're from so, the blocks. I yes. think if, um, within, within taper stuff, I think stuff like that's really important. We do, I, I think I just came in on what you were saying about, 150, 125, we'll often do, again, about 10, 12 days out for 200s. For the, we'll, we'll do our same kind of thing suited up, just 150 off the blocks. And then just, just trying to feel the way that they want to feel it and then extrapolate the time so that, you know, you say, you know, you know that if they've gone on that last 50, they're not quite there yet, but you'd say, right, well, the time that you just swam there, if you do your normal pacing based on what you've done before, you're going to swim whatever, you know, and, and, and that's a, another, it's a good confidence booster. And it's a good idea for you to see whether that, you know that they're maybe not going to swim on that day quite as fast as they believe they swam, but they think, well, I just did a PB today. It's 150. I think it's similar to what you said before. They don't necessarily, training-wise, always know they're 125 or they're 150 times or they're 75 times. And, you know, uh, that, that works in a similar kind of way, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's great. And, you know, uh, I think it's important to have a routine of, of things that you think they can help you measure up and help the kids understand where they are, whatever set it is. You know? uh, and, 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 sorry, another, another taper set. Uh, we, like you start talking about taper, 12 days, 10 days, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. We, I'm using it for 100 freestyles or 100 meter, free, uh, 100 meter swimmers. So just two fifties on forty, uh, two from the push. So uh, if you want to swim, say, well, just as simple as that. If you're aiming to swim fifty-five, uh, first one twenty-seven five by touch, and you have to come back to the same twenty-seven five. So obviously, I ask to swim first fifty very efficiently. I was, you know, you know, just as easy as possible. Not as easy, but you know, relaxed and connected and then what i've noticed i do this set every three days so like the other said 12 days in so 
we go like could be same flyers uh, 30 and then 34 you know so for me it's indicator uh, swimmer is not ready yet I mean, not recovered yet after past work uh, not uh, not feeling maybe uh, good yet and etc so on the second day uh, or oh, sorry on the second round which is every three days you can see 30 31.5 or 32.5 so you're looking I have a lesson so you later I'll do it later so and then uh, when when I know for example, swimmer will go real fast so about three or four days into competitions. Uh, I'll see 30, so for example, 30.8, 30.7, or 30.5, even in fly, for example. Uh, in freestyle, you see 275, 27.0, 27.5, come back. So a long course. Uh, so for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's an indicator of success. I don't know whether it is right or not, but I guess it's all, it's all about what you believe in what you keep keep using it in terms of for, for swimmers it's important so it's not random so oh let's try this now oh yeah you did it so well now it's going to be superb and even that can work uh but as a coach obviously you want to keep track of the of the uh routines and times and splits etc to see how how they adopt their, their work so that's important uh and then for example 400 meters freestylers can go uh uh like uh, two plus one, three plus one, four in a row on one twenty holding split. Okay, so and in the short course, I end up boys having when they went four, four, five, four, six. I think two of them. So they actually could hold even by touch fifty nines uh, closer to competitions. We might miss it. We actually might miss it. Maybe on that day they should compete. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't with the turn. So if you plus turn plus second, so it's a min a minute, etc. So it's actually around about that so it's about four minutes uh four 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 point five four point four so it's actually kind of makes sense to me so i guess it's it's about what makes sense to you yeah i i, I think it's great i think uh, do you feel it works for you well it was working like i said it, it, it's at some point it does and then you stop believing and you change it and you apply something else and again you start believing it again and then it's uh, you know uh, I was a strong believer that before 800 freestyle, you have to have a, that sort of uh, a mixture of pace and aerobic work. So you set the right splits on hundreds, on fifties, etc. And it was working. And then at, at some point, it's, and, some, and then I end up now again talking to those two kids. I said, you want to do any work with me? You want to do any pace work during warm up uh, for, uh, during competitions? And then when they were younger, yeah, 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 we will do, we'll do it. So they, 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 they really believe me. So we, we, we've been doing that together. So now I make it very flexible. Where swimmers like, okay, I'm fine. I'm not doing this. Okay, I, f I feel better without this. My best performance without any taper set uh, before, before my race. I said, yep, that's fine. Totally agree. Off you go. And then the second person, another guy, say, oh, no, let's go pace work. Okay, you're holding wrong stroke. Let's do this. And we, we sort of adjust, right? sort of uh, before, like two hours before, one hour before the race. So I think it's, it's important, but again, uh, I, I don't think that there, there is, uh, things can work and then suddenly stop working, you know, stop working and you change them. Uh, I don't know, it's almost like three, three year cycle for me or, or even two year cycle where I change things and some, some things do work, sometimes don't. Uh, 
Awesome. Well, th thanks a lot for sharing. Ivan. I think it's very important that you can do that and that you feel confident about doing that. Uh, I think all of us, if we analyze what we do in a, in a period of a two, three year, four year, we've changed our sets and we've changed our way of doing things because the type of kids that we coach, you know. And also, you know, I just uh, I need to go for my lesson. Uh, I also kind of believe in, in a very strong in one thing. You know, you can hear different coaches, you know, sharing their sets, opinions, how to do, how, what, what step test and this and quality and blah and all sorts of things. And I think what's important, I always wanted to hear, oh, mate, do this and it will work. So I always want to hear this. Show me set, how to do this. Explain me and make me believe this is going to work for you and for your swimmers. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen. So I think what's important here, you can hear idea and it might be slightly matching with your philosophy, with your understanding in your head how swimmer, swimming looks like. And then you try thing a few times. Only then you can say, and then you can start saying, oh, actually, it's my set, but actually, it's this set belongs to Sergio Lopez or Taylor Smith, for example. And I think it's about belief what you're doing. If you are, if you, if you, because sometimes I look at the program, I take, you know, again, uh, you know, program of the board of someone. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, oh, it does, but, you know, I don't believe in the set. I, until I start trying the set. I keep trying the set. I, I start seeing the positives and I start seeing, uh, you know, tricks and that actually makes sense to me and to my servers and I start using it. That's how it works. But for example, three years ago, I said, please show me, show me set. I want to use this, show me and explain me. I'm going to use it. But actually it doesn't work that way because every time I look at someone's program, oh, that's, that's rubbish. Like that's disaster. It doesn't make sense to me. So that, that's, that's unfortunately how, how my brain works. I honestly think, it's not a, my brain works the same way. <laughs> like, like if I look at something that doesn't make sense to me, I'll respect it and they can do it, but I'm not going to try it if I cannot understand it. It doesn't feel good, you know? So it's like, I, I agree with you, Ivan. You don't have to, maybe you need to go to your lesson so you don't get in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you, Sergio. Thank you. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks. Ivan. Uh, uh, anybody else has anything uh, to add? Serge, I think just talking on that point, I think you talk about like coming up with your own ideas as well. I think you have to stick with some principle as well. I agree with Ivan to a certain extent, but I think it's always also good to understand uh, why certain thought processes were coming out of it and also certain things that came out of those thought processes when you actually administer the programs as well. Uh, I mean, like what Taylor, you know, Taylor does like his test sets. I think there are some, there are some uh, benefits to it as well. You know, completely dissing it wouldn't be the way to, to, to say that it's actually not good. So it works for him. It works for a validation of finding out whether certain things actually come, come in uh, and make sense for him as well. So even like when I was working with you, I think some of the things that we, we talked about and some of the training stuff that we discussed, uh, it may make sense to me at that point of time. And, and right now, when I reflect back, it makes a lot more sense. You know, it just needs time to absorb and understand the person's thought process as well. So I, I think, uh, you know, coming up and creating and innovating certain programs and extra uh, stuff is, is, is great. But I think we also have to challenge ourselves to, to, to know and humble ourselves in a way to, to, to learn from people that have the experiences of running the programs as well. 
I mean, I think to, to kind of come in, I think it, like lots of us are in search of that that golden pill that's gonna that's gonna make everything right, and that's why we're having these conversations. I think, and I think you know what Ivan is saying is, is being quite honest. I mean, he's nicked everything I do half the time. He's not here. I wish he was still here. I, we we talk quite a lot, and I think he's probably tried every single thing that I've ever told him, and maybe maybe some of it doesn't work, and maybe some of it does. But I think what what he was in his defence trying to say, which I quite like, and is that you know you you have to tailor things towards what kids you have, what ability they are, what they like to do, what what feedback they give you, and yeah, I mean I mean that's it. Like what I shared before is might change again soon you know it might might be that they, I mean, i'm sensing already that they've had enough of it after 18 months and we just we just tweak it but i think to see to, to come back to what gary said is my philosophy and my path that i know that i want to take is not necessarily going to change that much there's still the reasoning for doing that set is still the same and it still matters so what we do you know the, the, the philosophy path is the same i might go off and, and keep coming back to it but my my vision for what I want to get out of it, I don't think will ever change because it depends on the kids how you get there. But the idea is is to get the same type of result that you see. So I think we're all talking about the same stuff. Yeah. I think that's what makes you unique, I and mean, that's what makes Ivan unique as well. Uh, but I think you still have to find some principles, some of the root uh, of why, where your passion lies as well. You know, Absolutely. if it's actually developing swimmers with good underwaters and, and that is your forte, you're not going to completely just throw it out of the window and say, ah, I can't change that. I, I still want to stick with those principles as well. So yeah. I, I, I think um, valid, valid points on, on both sides. I, and, I, and I totally agree. I'm not, I wasn't saying that I was saying I disagree with Ivan. I actually agree with that. Yeah. But I think I completely agree with yours as well because there are certain truths to where you are coming from and where he, he comes from, you know, and that's the involvement, evolving of a training program and how, uh, uh, you know, certain things in a program actually changes as well. So, I, I, I mean, I, I can bet my last dollar uh, search has some ideas of 150s, but he's also worked in his 150 way of conducting the 150s. He's changed quite a fair bit as well over time and different swimmers with different scenarios, but he, the certain principles stick with the stick with him throughout that, that phase as well. Serge, uh, right, right, right for me to say that about you? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think, but I, I always said that uh, you learn from the people that you have in front of you too, you know, and you evolve from that. You know, I think my dryland program has been the same for the last 26 years, but it's not, makes sense, and evolves because of, of, of the, the talent that you have in front of you. And I think we as coaches, we need to understand Sometimes we try to, like you said, the magic like magic pill. Do you think I would be looking like this and I would be sitting in this house? No. If I have a I magic pill, I would be probably looking pretty good and in some island having a piña colada and not having any freaking talks with anybody. No, no, no. That magic pill will be for me. So I can be like... <laughs> but, but no, the, the, the thing is about what I like to... Then I told Gary. And what I would like to share with you guys, there's nothing better or nothing worse. Either you make a choice of being excellent and work towards it and learn from what you have in front, or you will never be excellent. And that's it. It's a very simple. You can read as many books as you want. You can listen to uh, the top coaches in the world. 
like I want to listen to one of the top coaches in the world in one of the clinics, and at, at ten, ten minutes into the talk, I walk and I left, and I never want to listen to that guy ever again because I'm not going to learn anything from that guy. Who is that? Maybe you want to share me so that we don't go that, to that chat again. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sharing it. <laughs> but he just retired, so you might have an idea. Uh, and we don't, we, him and I, we don't need good terms anyway. Um, but besides the point, he's a very famous coach and da 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 da. And, and honestly, uh, I haven't learned anything from him. And I try very hard. I try very hard to go and listen, and I try very hard to try to understand. Uh, so, but what I believe, I'm not here to teach anything. I'm here to learn from you guys things, like as you talk, and hopefully more and more and more people talk about how you guys think, how you guys move, because that's how we do things, you know. And if if I can absorb something from any one of you, and you can absorb something from any one of the the rest of here, you will become better. Right? There's no like 375s all out five times. Is the, is the magic pill. That's fucking bullshit. It is plain fucking bullshit. You know, I know Gary is there and he's not going to say it because he's a little bit Asian and he respects me. So he's not, he's going to try to, but I saw his face so many times with a freaking question mark in his head thinking, what the heck are we doing here? Because this is not the way I, I thought that what we were going to, to train. And it's okay. Hey, but I, I, really like but, but I, I always believe I have that with every coach that works with me. So it's not, that's, that's what I, I can see. And it's okay. And it's okay. You know, I have a great friendship with Kerry. I go on to do something else and I can be successful or not in the eyes of people, but I'm a happy, a happy camper and I do what I believe that I can do. And the rest is bullshit. So, you know, come on, we gotta, we gotta believe in ourselves. And we got to stop, like, you know, I always said it. You know, one of the things that they, they brought me to Singapore, that I didn't have a clue at the beginning, but they brought me because they brought me for more than one job. But one of the jobs that I got assigned when I got there is to try to teach coaches from other sports how to think that you can win. You know, and, and, and uh, I'm not saying that in a bad way yeah, because I came from a country in Spain that they taught me how not to be good. Right? So that's, it, it, it's a problem. It's culturally, many countries have that problem. You know? And I remember, Gary, when I told you, when I first got there, by Tokyo or whatever, by 2020, you can have a relay, 450 of guys that's going to average 48. And you look at me, it's like, what the fuck are you talking? Like, you didn't say that because you were like, try to, try to understand who I was, but like you didn't believe it. And right now you have four guys that in a relay can average 48. Four little Asians, nothing, not disrespectful, but four little Asians. Like you have a 48.2, a 48.9, a 49.1, a 49.4, or whatever the heck it is. And, and uh, you guys did it. Make sense? And maybe has a out. That's the magic pill, Serge. That's that's why you have. I mean, I'm not saying I, I uh, Taylor. This is uh, I think you brought up a good point about Serge having uh, like you know, everyone's in search of a magic pill. I think the one magic pill that Serge had is fortune telling. He, he could really fortune tell, and everything went 
in accordance to where he actually spoke. I think I'm not trying to blow smoke up his ass, but I, I think that's something that I, I really admire from him. And he 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 really shaped the, the way things have been. Uh, and when what you see for four forty eight guys, yeah, search was right. I have to admit, when I first looked at him and he told me 2020 will have a relay with 448 guys, I, in my head, I, I didn't want to show him the middle finger, but in my head, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I, he did it. He, 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 he convinced Gary, why, me. I'm interested to know, Gary, why, why would, did you have that doubt? That's that when... I think the constructs of where we were, and uh, I couldn't see it at that point of time where we could see people coming through the different uh, places and different clubs as well with the swimmers, and, and we, we, I couldn't see the constructs of it yet. But after mm -hmm. the first year, uh, and I said, and, and thankfully I was pulled out of the club programs because that gave me a much better picture of uh, the reality of uh, where we can take Singapore swimming as well. Um, and I think it's the instilling of belief I, I, I will, for one, was a bit of a, I doubt, doubted myself a bit as well. I doubted the abilities of our own swimmers. And I think that has changed. And I think if you know, knew me from, from back then, uh, like earlier days, I, I was a bit more of a pessimist rather than an optimist. And I think such shaped that for me as a person as well. Uh, and, and right now what you see is actually... I mean, I have, I have to be upfront and thank him for it because I think that has really changed and shaped my, my, my thought process. And, and I'm glad that it's actually translated back into the swimmers that we work with as well. So, uh, yeah. I guess my next question is, I don't need you to share here, but are you fortune telling now for what the next kind of eight years looks like? Uh, I'm going to be upfront. <laughs> the next eight years in Singapore swimming without... Joe and and someone it's going to be it's it's going to be tough and we've got to build a pipeline of guys coming through uh and that's been the main theme that we have here in singapore um we're trying to get these guys going uh we've got a lot of coaches who are stubborn as, as, as shit as well uh we just need to change that that culture and that, that movement as well to get them to understand uh what it means to swim for singapore and uh, it's 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 not easy, Taylor. I have to admit, uh, 2024, 2028, it's going to be one of the uphill tasks. You know, we've got good Southeast Asian guys. I mean, my Southeast Asian friends are here. There are a lot of them are, are doing. They've had a bit of a slump. I think I can see some of them coming through with with better swimmers right now. And if Singapore doesn't keep its toes in the game and 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 really get get fired up. We might lose that that opportunity, and we if we've always been reliant on on the Joes and the Tenwins of the of of our time, that's where we we're gonna start being complacent. So we've got to go back to the drawing board and start working on it and planning right now. So I, I that's that's how I see it. Now Taylor, I came out with that thought of the four guys who go forty eight and other things that went in my head. I remember sitting watching the SNAG, the H group at SNAG. First thinking, I couldn't understand how they run that competition. That to me, it's like, we're not going to criticize things. But, but I was sitting over there, you know, watching eight-year-olds compete against 15-year-old kids. Uh, but but the, the interesting thing that I saw is that the way those kids move through the water, it, to me, that was a gold mine. You don't have to have many. But the way they were moving, you know, you're watching a 10-year-old. To me, that was, you have so much talent over there. Feeling, 
you know, and the way they move, that as a coach, I, I knew that there's, for a country of 5 million people, they, they can be one of the best countries in the world. For sure. I mean, Scotland, Scotland's 5 million people, and I think to myself, there's a lot more people in Singapore, a lot more young kids swimming sure. and, uh, uh, than there are in freezing cold Scotland where they want to rather play football and, and rugby and, and stuff, you know. So the potential is still there, and obviously it's conversations that we're having quite a lot, and I've had with Harry and Sonia and Stefan. Just that the, the, I'm not a big fan of the, the, the pathway model, but in terms of pathways and keeping kids in it, and socially having them still want to do it is obviously it's a huge challenge here in Singapore. You know, preferred entry obviously being the the big thing. But, but uh, let's say Th- Thailand or Indonesia, they really organize themselves. No. Yeah, I'm, the sky, actually, the sky I, is I, the I, limit. Like I, because the talented athletes that you have with the mix of races that you have in those countries, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the 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 biggest talent pool that I've seen anywhere in the world, all at once, was in the Caribbean. They have these games called the Carista Games. And I remember in 2008, I walked, I had a swimmer, Ariana Van der Poel Wallace, then she became a, a top sprinter in the world. And I went with her to the Carista Games, and I'm walking into this pool. Now, this is the first time I, I'm in a pool that I feel so different, because everybody was black. Right? So you could see me from anywhere in the pool. I couldn't recognize my swimmers, but, but I was in the bleachers for five or six days watching the kids from Trinidad Tobago, from, you know, from uh, Jamaica, from all these countries, from St. Lucia, that they have a mix of Muslims, uh, Blacks, African-American, Africans, uh, Europeans, and they're like six feet tall, this and that, and they swim beautifully. They float in a way that you're like, Pfft. now the problem is that they rather go and play music and go to the beach and have a drink and, you know, take a nap that they don't want to train. They don't have a culture. Thing. But if any one of those countries organize themselves, those tiny islands, you have work class swimmers to stop a train. That's the same as their cricket. The cricket is not what it used to be. If anybody likes cricket, probably not. But, you know, West Indies was one time a powerhouse in cricket and the organization has gone so bad that they're now way down the list. It's weird. Yeah. But I think, I think, what do you want? You want to be, uh, you know, if you're running a country, what do you really want? You want to be the best? Let's work to be the best with no hesitation. It might take you 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. But if you believe in that, you're going to get to a certain point. If you always try to organize things, la, 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 and sports for everybody, and da, 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 and now I have this problem, and da, da, then it's just, nobody believes in being excellent. You know? And there's always like that, that, that problem. Now, I, I, I might not be very good. I don't know if I'm a very good coach. I'm not going to tell you. I think I've done some good things. But I believe in myself, and I believe that if I put my head into something, I'm going to freaking do it. I guess for me, for, in our, for argument's sake, in Singapore, if you look at the bigger model, people in Singapore in general are pretty healthy and fit. Like, yeah, okay, the UK, you know, we're a small country and, and third in the medal table at the last Olympics, but performance level is there and the rest of the country are all obese and dying of heart disease at 40 years old. You know, so uh, that, I think it's hard, like, to, to, to be able to 
it takes somebody at government level, I guess, and Gary, maybe Mark as well, could kind of chip in, but just to say, look, it can both potentially be done and with fit people and, you know, that, I guess I just, I think about it a lot here because like I said, like you said, Sergio, there's so much potential here for performance sport and it can be done at the same time as sport for all. It's just, it has to take a bit, a bit more of priority than, you know, what, what a 60 year old is doing down in the local park. Yeah, like the first question that in, in any one of these countries, like Thailand, Singapore, Southeast Asian countries, that I think all of them fall into the same thought process, is do the people on the top really want to be excellent? Or they just want to do something, but they're afraid of being excellent? Because I believe when I was in Singapore, they brought me for something. And I'm just, I don't, I'm not criticizing Singapore because I think every other country around there feels the same way. They brought me for something. But they didn't even believe it themselves. They did not believe that we could do something. And everything that we try, they had to put it down. You know. And and that's the problem. They 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 think they give you a PowerPoint presentation with oh yeah, la la la, the specs colors, this and that, and our pathways to pathways to hell. <laughs> pathways to hell. Just make it more simple. Simple. It's like life. Oh, they do not have that in the academic world. They very much do, right? There, there is that. So that it's not that there's not a there's not a, a desire to be great because there's plenty of people great. They're just not necessarily sport is just not necessarily up there at this point in time. Correct me, guys, Singaporeans, if I'm um, wrong. But I think you just let me let me just come up with a, a very in, uh, simple perspective, and maybe Mark can interrupt me on this. Uh, I'm going out of my comfort zone and I'm going to say this as well. Uh, Sergio hit the nail on, on the coffin and, and he said the right thing. You know, a lot of, I, I would say this is actually synonymous throughout Southeast Asia. Um, a lot of sports administrators on the top, they just value more of mass participation right now rather than actually high performance sports. And that is actually the, the constructs of society here in Singapore. And, I, and, and it's unfortunate because we coaches find it that extra difficult just trying to convince the swimmers or athletes to, to, to change that mindset and uh, have that change in mindset. It also comes from that, that, that top, that, the top perspective of, um, you know, not just the mass, but there has to be a very strong focus on high performance and high performance where you have pathways as well. Like Serge was talking, you know, like, like one of the things, like I, I like the idea of spec scholarship. I like, you know, lottery funding and things like that, but Lottery funding and all these things, the, the one problem, I, and I've seen it, people who get on the spec scholarship, it's like a curse. The funny thing is, it's like a curse. People just become complacent with money. They, 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 they swim for the wrong reasons. They rely on the swimmers, just change the perspective on things. And there has to be a way. I, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm trying to find out myself as right now how to find a way to get these guys to, to not just be motivated externally but actually intrinsically so some, there's something maybe mark, mark miro uh might want to say something on that i don't know i, I i'm just trying to think even from singapore from the confines of singapore this is one of the hardest things that we've had uh trying to go out there and actually reach out to to the athletes as well and, and change their mindset so um mark Jay, anything uh, he's politically correct he's not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say something before, before Mark says something, before I forget. A 12-year-old swimmer 
30 euros from her has no business having a scholarship from the government. You understand? It's not. And, and a 24-year-old swimmer that comes back for the SEA Games, 30 months before the SEA Games, and qualifies for the SEA Games because he's more talented than anybody else, has no business having a spec scholar. Yeah. Like when you go to college and try to get a business degree, and they're not paying you to go and do it. You're, you're freaking paying to get a business degree. They're not coming, oh, you know, Gary, you're so talented. You gave such a good speech today about, or you did such a good research paper that we're going to pay you uh, $1,000 a month. Are you kidding me? It, it's in the wrong way, you know. So you can help people. Respect scholars is a great idea. But I, what I saw, I think, was an aberration of like trying to, and then the parents get involved. Oh, my 13-year-old, oh, my 16-year-old, oh, my da 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 And if he doesn't swim that this fast, it's not going to have the spec scholar, and we're going to lose 500 bucks when you live in a freaking million-dollar house. <laughs> so, so you think about all that. There's a problem there. There's a big problem. So it's, yeah. it's, and then you have the people that are running that really think the idea of being excellent is a good idea, but they're afraid to push to be excellent So because they've never done it. So the, the, the unknown makes them... Did they freak out? That's my thought. Uh, sorry, Mark. Mark, you were going to say something. I know. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Very quickly, right? Because I've I've got a call with uh, Malaysia NOC in about a minute. But just basically, I mean, where Singapore sports is in the mind share of of our leaders, right? Is that we are under the Ministry of Community, Culture, and Youth. So the first thing that we want to talk about is really how we can use sports as a vehicle for social integration. You know how we can bring everyone together. Then we really think about how, if you're looking at how much money we're actually spending on sports, it's on the events, how we're using it as, a, as an economic engine, right? We bring in things like F1, which brings in over a weekend, $1.5 billion, right? Then how we are able to quantify it, quantify sports is really using it as, as, um, as, as that vehicle to, to help the, the general public. Then lastly, right, it's, how we use sports to inspire, right? And, you know, with this COVID-19 circuit breaker uh, budgets that have been happening, you know, the amount of money that has been spent on arts and culture is a lot more than what has been spent on sports. So I think we kind of know where sports is in the mindset of our political leaders. And, um, you know, there are so many other things that sports is being used for in Singapore. That high performance is not really a priority because it's a bet, right? How do we know when we're going to get um, the next Joseph Schooling or next Olympic gold medalist. So, again, it goes back to what you've been saying, Sergio. Our leaders don't really believe that we can do it again or may not be able to do it again. So, they rather focus on the first three things, right? Social integration, health, and using it as an economic driver. So, Mark, I agree with you. What? Mark can run, run for the, to sit in the parliament and he can be all our voice. <laughs> okay, guys, I've got to go. But thanks. I come to Singapore, I'm going to run for prime minister. But, uh, Mark, I think uh, they don't believe in, in, in social health either. When they try yeah. to do sports for everybody, and you have such a high level of obesity because the food is not good or because whatever it is, there's a, a lot of that. And that's why the government is trying to, to they, they say they're trying to solve it. But it doesn't start with the sports. Starts with yeah. teaching them how to eat right, with providing them with good food, 
with, and that's a different story. Yeah. I could see when I was over there and we talked with Gary about it, I could see before I left that in five, six, seven years, maybe high performance would start disappearing from the Singapore mindset, the, the top people. Because run for everybody. Let's organize. You build a $2 billion facility, but we're going to use it for everybody to get together. And then we're going to use it for the national day to put the tanks inside and to run around with the army. And, and, and everything is more important than why you use the money. You spend $2 billion to build a high-performance place. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's like, blows my mind. It just like goes... Psh. Okay, thanks, guys. I, I really got to go, <laughs> but thank yeah. you. So, so she's very upset. Sure. He's <laughs> very upset. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I, I think, um, I'm sorry, guys. I no, no, no. But, but this brings us to a really true story about where Singapore and Southeast Asia sports is. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even want to hear how... I mean, I, I don't know whether I would... I would, you know, the online, uh, you know, you're, you're a big advocate of you know, going against the grain of the organizations and stuff like that. You're known for that in Thailand. So yeah. I just want to hear your perspective on, on, on that as well. I mean, like, sorry, I, I know Serge, you're going to fall asleep with all these political talks, but I'm just curious as well whether we are facing the same problem within Southeast Asia as well. Yeah. Do, do you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, so it's very hard to say, but in Thailand, we have like, um, I think we have the same problem in Singapore and the other country for Southeast Asia. Like um, um, our young streamer like uh got forced to stream fast really early because 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 the parents or the coaches um need something like um scholarships thing like that. So if you stream fast, you get free education something like that. Or or um, if you stream fast and then your course gonna get money from government something like that. It's like it's like um we we trying to put swimmer to swim fast and then so um so right now uh just for example our national championship for open group we don't have any like prelim we have just only finals we have just like six or seven swimmer per per event in the final for open group but we got like um um more than 300 or 400 swimmer in like very young age, like nine, 10, 11. It's been like we cannot carry on um, our swimmer career to like to to the to the suitable age to swim fast, right? And um, and it's all happened like that every year, ten year for now that we found like our national have like eight hundred swimmer for total, but just like. Just one or two percent for open group, and and the same guys, Gary, you know Um, right? Uh, Nathanan, um, you know what? Most of the uh, most of our top swimmer, they they swim almost like ten years, and no one swim faster than them in our country. I mean, like we're not improved anyway, like ten years already, and um, and and we cannot change because like it's very hard to change, um. Everyone in our country, like mindset, is very hard to change, and um, no, no one think about long term. Everybody always think about short term, and um, and that's why. So I'm, 
I'm so tired to fight with the with the with the association anymore. I'm 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 done. <laughs> Such any advice or I would for me. Yeah. Well, uh, this is this is one thing. Like for example, in Spain we were very dysfunctional too with money and all this. But but for example, there was a certain price money that I got for the medals for these for records. But that money, I couldn't touch it until I was 50 years old. 50. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to have a continuity. So I've always said that, for example, if I was in Singapore, you know, and they would want it to listen to me, and, you know, if I have a 12-year-old kid this has a very high level and gets into a spec scholar, I don't know how it works in Thailand, eh? and let's say that he gets $500 a month plus this, 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 I wouldn't give that money to that person. I would put that money in a bank account on the name of that person with the conditions that that person has to study, has to keep training, and has to progress to a certain level. Now, the problem is that many times, if they don't reach the KPIs, like the, fall, the, the world falls apart. But sometimes the KPI has to, they have to be a little bit uh, flexible. Because if you have a KPI for a 14-year-old, but has had problems in the family, they, they, the mother had cancer, the kid is training every day, uh, but has been depressed, you have to have that into account and allow that kid to keep with that money safe for the long term, you know, and keep training and developing, you know, and, and supporting that person in that family, if it's an honest person. Make sense? But when you give money to a family of a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kid, cash, you're making like, you, you're making a huge mistake. The people they only see is the cash. Now, what do they do? They buy a new VCR, well, not a VCR now, they buy a new DVD player, they buy, they buy the, the latest phone, they go to a nice restaurant, and then the money disappears. You know, and that's a big problem. How do you manage the money? How do you make the long term, like you said, Arwood, the long term? Yep. You know, and if you can say, if, 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 if I'm in Singapore, if I'm in Thailand, and I'm a family, they don't have money, mm -hmm. and you, you are the technical director and say, look, you, your son is very talented, he's swimming at this level, so he's going to qualify for this. So by the time he's 20 years old, he graduates from college, he's going to have $20,000 in the bank if he has a normal progression. What do I do? I say, let's go. Mm -hmm. But nobody's creating a situation for the long term of the kid. Mm -hmm. The only thing that we're doing is rewarding right away. As far, and the coaches won't also get also a percentage. So it's like, well, if I have five kids, I get this scholarship, I get this percentage. And next year I can have another five kids because there's always kids coming up. The thing is how you create sustainable success. Mm. Yeah. I think I have to say, like, I want to put a bit like a positive in. I think like, swimming in particular, Singapore, like, and I follow quite a lot of sport. I mean, I love swimming, but I follow other sports as well. And like swimming is leading the way. It's just very difficult higher up i think the mindset has massively changed Serge here certainly from before you were here to what it is now it's not even recognizable now from what it was before and obviously i was here before then as well and just looking at it from the outside there's been very very good work done which i guess you know sergio put the groundwork down for and it's now been continued extremely well by folks like stefan and, and gary and sonia and, and leonard and the guys who, who, are, who are there and it's not it's not a, a quick process but 
it's just, I guess the frustrating thing is, I know, like, they, they probably won't say, but like, there is obviously their hands are tied from higher up when we're talking the scholarships and stuff. That is, is a, is a higher level that needs to kind of somehow change. And I guess it's, who does that? Is it somebody within, some, I do feel that it's hard, I think, if you're Singaporean to go out there because the first person to go out and really shout their mouth off about it isn't necessarily going to get a lot of positive coming back, but it does kind of take one person to be almost ostracized first to, to, to really make that change. And But it is, but things are changing. They definitely are. And, and things are good from a swimming point of view. I mean, other things like football, I think football has gone the other way. Athletics have gone the other way in, in Singapore in, in the last six or eight years. So, I mean, there is good stuff happening. It's just how, how much more can people do, I guess, is the is the question and i still believe i still believe there's a lot of positive things to happen here you know not just in sport wise i just it's going to take a bit of a renegade i think the biggest problem too is that it's a for people running feather associations federations in most of the countries around the world eh? it's a political move you know you have elections every two years every three years and you wanna? You think that you're gonna stay for six years in a place and you can get reelected twice? The next step is you're gonna be part of the minister of the sports, and the next step is gonna be here. And they don't really think about the long-term sustainable success of the sport. They don't. And if you have one or two people that they think that way, they get pushed out. And in Singapore, for example, you've seen it with some great ministers that you had that out of the blue, one of them that was very good becomes the speaker of the house when he should have been moving to a different direction, Allah Haya. Why? Because he was very good. He spoke when he needed to speak. He had great ideas, but they moved him out. And that happens in Thailand. That happens in, in all the countries. That happens in, in, in the United States, too. They hide it. You know, We call it a conspiracy theory. But in every other country, they don't hide it. That's what they do. And, and then you have your hands tied. And that's the hard part. But it's very interesting. We've gone from favorite set to, to discussing the problems of the world. That's awesome. I think, I think from now on, they're going to put a picture of me on the side like this, and they won't allow me to enter Singapore. People might, people, people might think they're God with that beard. Uh, look at this. I can't tomorrow. We know you're not. It's okay. <laughs> but um, but I, um, I, I, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, but or maybe watch some Netflix. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I thank you very much for spending this time. Hopefully, we all. I know I got some good things. Uh, whoever gave a set that wants to share with everybody, if you want to write it in an email and send it to me, I'm gonna put it in a PDF file, and I'll I'll post it. I'll send it through email and I'll post it online, so you guys can have it. Gary sent on the chat group. A file that you can download with some of the stuff about the underwater kicks and maybe i talk with with gary we can have a chat one day about how to develop a good underwater system uh wood foil kicking you know you have doc the one the one without hair over there that he he's probably uh, has a very good system and we can just share thoughts process i can bring in albert suvidats that was one of the best underwater kickers in in, in the history of ncaas he works with me right now and and he's helping develop the system that we have here so we can talk about how you guys 
maybe can implement a few things. Make sense? That'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. Awesome. Thanks, Rich. That'll be good. That's You're awesome. welcome. Uh, my apologies. Give my apologies to Mark Che. I didn't want to put him in a bad situation. I'll just put him in a spot. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he's, he's the right politician sometimes. Uh, and thank you all. All you guys have a beautiful day. All right. All right. And everything's here. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and when I have the magic pill, I'll, I'll send it to you. Please give it to me. Please. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What kind of magic pill, Search. Uh, this one. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're gonna have right, to come yeah. over here because uh, in Singapore we cannot do that. <laughs> hey, I think I owe you a, a trip to a nice restaurant, my friend. I can have a bottle of Indian Indian uh, single malt and some stuff from Colorado, and we can see you know, and maybe a cigar too, and we can sit in front of my porch. Anyone, anybody wants to come over? If you're in America, yes. you're more than welcome, and we can we can have a good time. Sounds good. I like that. Awesome, Let me know when. Take it easy, okay? Yeah. Thanks, Bye. 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 Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.